1: championship edition this is where it starts because it's not going to end for another 24 hours win or loss 610 sports will have you covered all the way up until 6 a.m. and then going past that uh, it's literally a loaded schedule right you get my encouraging ass for another two hours I know some of you are probably in your car rolling your eyes going well that sucks or some of you are really hyped up, which I respect that. I also respect Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. Just came in and ambushed the studio, but he redeemed himself because he brought me his bet. And he brought it with collateral. He owed me a 12-pack. He brought in an 18-pack of Miller High Life, the, champ, the champagne of beers in bottle form. Big High Life guy. Seven of those bad boys will be down the hatch by halftime of the first game. I'm kidding. I'm not advocating. Yes, I am. Um, Chiefs versus Bills today, 540 at Arrowhead. Um, Third straight AFC Championship game for the Chiefs. We've had so far four of the six hosts on the show today. We will have two more here for those of you that are counting. We've got somebody who coins himself the sports machine and another guy who's just... Probably hasn't gone to bed because his college basketball team finally beat a top 10 team in the NCAA. I know he's excited. I can't wait to talk to him about that. Not only that, but when you think about the lineup moving forward when it comes to the Chiefs coverage here on 610 Sports Radio, always remember that you can hear every game on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, just on your dial, and then go right back to your AM side, 610 Sports Radio. Then you have the post-game show. Then you get Jay Binkley after that, which will probably go into the wee hours of the morning. After that, you'll get Chris Nocero and Jillian Carroll. Then after that, at 5 a.m., you'll get myself and Pete Sweeney once again for the run-it-back playoff show. So we need you to hope the Chiefs win because then we get to do that show for another two weeks. Then following that, you get the slate of shows. You get Fusco in the morning from 6 to 10. You get Cody and Gold from 10 to 2. Then you get The Drive with Carrington and Levine. From two to six. I can't make this up. And then after that, you get Mitch Holtis with the Chiefs Kingdom show from six to seven. Then you get Jay Binkley with Therese Paler, seven to eight. And then you get myself again with the Red Reaction show, eight to nine. And then we all go to sleep. But again, sleep's overrated. I can sleep when I die. So I do this for you, Kansas City. Because remember, Derek Johnson and Danon Hughes tomorrow on FESCO in the morning. One at 7.30, the other at 8.30. That being Derek Johnson at 7.30, Danan. At 8.30, Bill Moss will join the guys from Cody and Gold, and then you'll get the Andy Reid press conference at noon, and then number 15 at 2.15 on The Drive every Monday after a Chiefs game on Sunday uh, with the guys from The Drive, Carrington and Levine, who will join the show a little bit later. But we talked about this with Pete earlier. Um, When it comes to Andy Reid's legacy, we look at Andy Reid's career, you look at the potential that he's stacked up against, right? For those of you, that question, if rings matter, I believe they do. But I do believe that there are a few outliers that can come into play when it comes to rings versus wins slash how you win. I think if Andy Reid gets to four, and I think there's a way that he can get to four that will put him at the top of the list. I think the wins are a wash, right? Right? Andy Reid will then be with Kansas City and in, in Philadelphia for the longevity of his career, which I get it. Belichick's always been in New England. He also had the gig in Cleveland, which didn't really matter. So he basically was with one team during his success in the NFL. And Bill Belichick definitely changed the way that we watch the NFL and the way that they play in the NFL. He is a mind you-know-what when it comes to opposing quarterbacks and scheming up a defense that can just always seem to diabolically affect the other guy on the side of the field. You see him do it twice to Mahomes, that AFC championship game and then the regular season game the first time he played. He had him locked up for a half and then Mahomes came out of it um, in the second half of both games and became, you know, the like he had figured it out. Some quarterbacks never do. In fact, I always like to go back to Justin Herbert's poor game against New England this year when he was a rookie and he got to handle Bill Belichick's way of how he schemes things um moving forward. I think that if Andy Reid, and we talk about this because today has a lot of significance on that, because if Andy Reid can get back to the Super Bowl, that would then be three Super Bowl appearances. And then if he can win it, that'd be a second. That'd be two rings, that'd be back to back rings. We know that the majority of this Chiefs team is probably coming back next year. Not probably most of it and all of it, basically, maybe other than Sammy Watkins. We'll see where his future leads. Um, if Andy Reid brings that team back next year, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be set up for the same amount of success that they had this year. This was the biggest year of a dynasty, right? We talked about earlier in the show, the, the brace of the hat trick, which is what they call it in, in, in football, or as a lot of you call it, soccer. That's where we're at with this, right? You get the second goal of three, that's the brace. You get the second championship of the three of the dynasty, that's the most important one because then you've proven to everyone that it's not a fluke, that it's not, um, a one and done type of deal. Well, not only did they do that, they brought everybody back. They coined the season, run it back. And they're doing that exact damn same thing with this exact season. They were the returning champions and they went 14 and one with their starters. The only game they lost was at home against the Oakland Raiders Not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. And that was a game in which, you know, hats off to them. They showed up. They played better. That was the Raiders' Super Bowl. They lose Week 17 where they rest their starters. You can call it a loss, obviously. That's what it is in the record books. But it wasn't really necessarily, you know, a legitimate loss, if you ask me. So in a year in which they come back as the returning champs, with the biggest target on their back, the Kansas City Chiefs go 14-2. and So the questions of if they can keep going are answered. There's no doubt in my mind. Andy Reid and company are back in the AFC Championship game. If they can go back to the Super Bowl and win it this year, they've then proven to everybody that it was more than just a one-year run. Then you think about the third year where if they bring him back a third year and they can do it then, he's then locked up a dynasty. Not many coaches can lock up a dynasty. That then puts him in legit contention for being one of the top three coaches of all time. And Pete, who just joined us, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, and my good friend who does the Run It Back show with me every morning, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. If he wins three in a row, he's number two on the list of head coaches in the history of the NFL, no doubt about it. I don't disagree there and I don't have any other issues with him being the second best coach to ever do it if you if you won 3 in a row and ran it back twice. Because then you are the Phil Jackson of the NFL. Even though Phil Jackson is probably considered the best coach in NBA history. So maybe he's Pat Riley. Or Pop. What if he wins a fourth? I don't, to do a four-peat would be insane. That would, for me, would put it at the top. You won four in a row with a quarterback, everything. Then I'm, then it's it's over. But then let's say he wins three in a row, goes a couple years, doesn't quite get there. The team's in transition from, you know, roster spot to, to building up again. But if Andy Reid can get to four, and part of that run to four is a three-peat and built a dynasty and has those wins just tallying up, tallying up, because there is not going to be a lot of times where he's going to win 10 games. He's going to win 10 or more every single year, at least. That's what he does in Kansas City. This year, a bit of an outlier. He won 14 games for the first time in his career, so obviously that might not be there, but 12-4, and 13-3, 11-5 seem to be where Andy Reid and this team will be moving forward for at least the next three to five years. If you win one this year, and you win one next year, and you complete the three-peat, And then you win a fourth moving down the road. I think Andy Reid only needs four titles to be considered the best coach to ever do it. If he's hanging a three-peat on his resume. I get it. Belichick, Brady, one of the best teams to ever do it. They went to eight. They won six. They lost one. Or wait, they went to nine, won six. Lost to Nick Foles and lost to the Giants twice. The reason why I think you can jump Andy Reid ahead of Bill Belichick if he wins four rings and he has a three-peat dynasty on there, I think that the reason why is because Andy Reid, at least for now, will do it with a clean sheet. There's a lot of speculation that... I don't know. There's just a lot of like there's a lot of dark clouds in in Bill Belichick's resume. Right? There's spygate, deflate gate, there's the Cincinnati Bengals game last year where there's clear audio of a Patriots guy literally in the background. None of that's on Andy Reid's resume. Not only did he revamp a franchise in Kansas City and in Philadelphia where he brought a team up to four straight NFC championship games. Took him to a Super Bowl on Terrell Owens' one leg and damn near beat the Patriots. Rebuilt the Chiefs franchise. Went on a string of winning 12, 12, 13, and 14 games. Developed Patrick Mahomes into one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, if not when it's all over and done with. Solidified as the best quarterback in the game. Coined the quarterback guru of the NFL. Total sweetheart likable from everyone, doesn't have a, 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 a meme on Facebook or on Twitter where he's coming into the Stone Cold Steve Austin game, not even giving a kid a high five. Andy Reid literally, I think, can be in serious conversations. as the best coach to ever do it if he gets to four rings. I don't necessarily think he needs six. And I think a kind of counterpart act to that is we had a text earlier. Is Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers the same quarterback? They're not when it comes to legacy, not talent-wise. comes to legacy. Ben's got two rings. Rodgers has one. If you're using the Andy Reid-Bill Belichick math, it's like, well, if Andy gets four and Bill has six, is it really that much of a difference? Their wins are the same. Not the same. Their wins will be somewhat equal. By then, if Andy Reid has a fourth Super Bowl, you'd think that he have you know at least 30 more wins under his belt. Andy Reid's already in the top 10 of all time and wins. Bill Belichick, top five. So I think there is a serious conversation to be had. Does Andy need to get to six? I don't think so. I think if he can win a three-peat and then get a fourth somewhere around the same time period in this reign of Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years, I think that there are probably at least at least if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and Andy Reid is your head coach for the next 11 years after this one, I think there's at least five Super Bowls on the page. Appearances, maybe not wins, but there's at least five this year being one of them. That would then give him two if they win it this year and four more opportunities to get to six. But again, I don't think he needs to get to six to be considered the best of all time. If he does it in a way where he can win a three-peat dynasty and win another one a few years later. Plus you add the wins, you add the league round, you know, quarterback tree, the coaching tree, everything that Andy Reid has affected in this NFL. It's a little bit more effective than Bill Belichick because we know Bill Belichick's tree gets sour as soon as they leave New England. How's Matt Patricia doing? That's all I can say. Coming up next, there's a couple quarterbacks who can change the face of the AFC if they go to a certain amount of teams. Who are they and where are they going? All that next. Back in on Championship Edition Sunday on 610 Sports Radio as we get you geared up for the Chiefs versus the Bills in the AFC Championship game, which is not your grandfather or your father's Chiefs, not that team that lost in 1994 to Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, Different day in Kansas City, different day in Buffalo, but both teams seem to be the focus and the future of the AFC as they will play each other today at 540 at Arrowhead. Chiefs will host their third straight AFC championship game. So if you're ready to chew it and do it, so am I. That's what I want to do. That's what this guy likes to do. Sean Levine joins us. He can hear him every day, two to six on the drive with Carrington Harrison. Sean Levine, how are you today, my man?
2: Yeah, this game could be hard. Uh, can I say hard? Just chew it and do it. I appreciate the shout out. What's up, Dusty?
1: Not much, man. I just love that you're always ready to just plug it and go. Uh, that's another oh. that's another one for you. Um Well,
2: that's that's, that's the thing cuz like when you play a quarterback like Josh Allen, it's the complete package. Yep. Did I say package? com. one more time. It's com.
1: There you go. Sean Levine on the drive. Sean Levine what is what's today like for you? I know you're you you've grown up here your whole life. You're a you're a radio host on a on a very very big popular show in Kansas City. What do you do today to get geared up for the Chiefs? Because the question that people always ask me not to give you like a long I guess I am but people always ask you, how do you enjoy how do you enjoy Chiefs games? You know you don't watch as a fan anymore because you have a show to do tomorrow and you have to like analyze what you're watching. So what does Sean Levine do for a Chiefs Sunday?
2: Everybody. Does that like we're supposed to separate our fandom from our job, and I understand that probably to do the best radio show. That's something that everybody should do. And Carrington does a great job of pointing out that he's a football fan. He loves the aspects of the game and all that, but not necessarily a Chiefs fan. I admit, I'm a Chiefs fan. I've always been a Chiefs fan, and because I got hired for the job, I didn't stop becoming a Chiefs fan. And I remember the game that you were talking about like yesterday, where I was like, a I don't know, 13, 14 year old. I was at time, 12 years old, and we were in the room, and I was, my parents' friends were over, and I was trying not to cry because I actually thought that that Chiefs team, I don't know why, dusty I, I had myself convinced that Marcus Allen and Joe Montana of the boys could actually win the Super Bowl. But as the years went along and they had more coaches and more quarterbacks, I realized that really until Patrick Mahomes got here, this team didn't have a chance. Just look at the four quarterbacks that are left today. You could argue they're going to finish one, two, three, four in some order of the MVP voting. That they're the four best quarterbacks. And we've had some good quarterbacks here along that time. Alex Smith and Trent Green, and obviously, you know all the other names. But once you got Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago, we knew there was a chance that this could happen. And it's truly incredible that we're talking about now three straight AFC championship games at Arrowhead. It just doesn't even seem real.
1: What's the key matchup you're watching today in today's game?
2: I think that both teams are going to have trouble with the other team's best pass catcher. Like, I really don't see Stephon Diggs being slowed down. The only way that I think that he really kills the Chiefs today is if he goes off for like a buck 50, a couple of touchdowns, and every single quarter we're talking about, man, he did it again. He advanced for first downs or he busted whoever it was, L.J. Sneed, for a big play. Fortunately, that's something that really hasn't happened all that often. If you think about it, the last couple of years since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback, on the defensive side, there have not been that many games when you're like, yeah, that wide receiver just went off and absolutely killed the Chiefs. And I think that it's going to be the same thing from the other side. I think that from the Chiefs' side of things, it's going to be get the ball to Travis Kelsey early, get the ball to Travis Kelsey early. Austin, and I don't see how Buffalo stops that. Historically, he's been really good against them in the postseason. We know last year, there was a quarter, a quarter where that guy had three touchdowns. So I think that both those guys have big games. To me, Dusty, it almost comes down to stopping all those other guys on both sides.
1: What are you doing for your game day meal? Are you going to go to Cruncher's Chicken again, or are you going to like try something different?
2: First of all, I will not have you talk down on Cruncher's
1: Chicken. I'm, not. I'm asking if you're going there again. I wouldn't talk and mess on it. There's nothing
2: wrong with gas station chicken. Like, for a long time, I thought there was. There
1: might
0: be. And I
2: knocked it. My boy, my boy Weaver, every time we'd go pull up, he'd get, like, he'd spend all the changes after for would get gas and then spend his actual cash on the chicken. Mm. And I thought, why would you do that? Is it worth it? And apparently the answer is yes, because I've had it. But, yeah, no, maybe, actually, I think I will. Now that you brought it up, my girlfriend she said she's making some white chicken chili. Oh,
0: that's good. The last
2: time she did that, no, it sounds great, but honestly, it was... Um, on this on the 10-point scale, I'd give it about a 4.5, so I don't know. I guess I'll eat that. Maybe I'll have some Cruncher's chicken also, but I just like watching these games by myself, man, because uh, I'm still probably a little bit too invested in these games, and there's a chance that if it doesn't go my way, there's a remote control or two thrown at the TV screen.
1: Are you okay with last night's result in the UFC? Because I know you're a big UFC guy, and I just – Connor's I, like, I have a take that I took to Twitter. I think it's over for Connor. I think it's done. I think it's. I think it's over. I think he's done. I think it's. I think we're at. I. I don't know if we're at the point where we were with Chuck, where like every fight Liddell got, he got knocked out, but it was like in a disgusting way. Where you're like, why are you fighting? But I think the plateau that that Conor got to. I think. I mean, I know he's young. I mean, hell, he was walking out last night with a cane. I think. I just feel like the Conor McGregor train is over. Uh.
2: Well, the guy that he fought last night is a. Bad double A, A double S S. I mean, that guy is an absolute. He beat Max Holloway twice. Now he's beat Conor McGregor. He's beat the best of the best. Yeah, he lost to Khabib, but everybody loses to Khabib. So I don't know if Habib. it This is just Khabib, excuse me. Habib. I don't know if it was just more. That was Dustin's night. It's Dustin's time. Or Conor said right afterwards that it was essentially ring rust that he had been out of there for a while. I don't know if it was that, opposed to just two guys going at it and. I, my, it wasn't good for my bank account. I'll tell you <laughs> that much. Well, my bank account wasn't, wasn't good to start tonight. I think I had $72.38, and now I think I've got $0.38. Cents, so if you give me a little loan this week until payday, that I'd be much appreciated.
1: Nice. Okay, Levine, I've given everybody the question. I've got to do it. Score prediction in today's game.
2: I think it's going to be one of those games, kind of like we saw a lot of Dusty Ware's. The Chiefs are the better team. The Chiefs have the better players, the better coach, the better quarterback, the better pass catchers. The defense is close, and so I think the score is going to be close at the end. But I don't know if that's how the game's going to play out. I think it's going to be something like let's call it the Chiefs put up thirty-four. Let's call it thirty-four twenty-seven. So it looks a little closer than it was because Buffalo scores a late touchdown. We saw a lot of that.
1: 34-27 Chiefs. That's where you're going with that's the that's the mind that's- of the machine.
2: It is indeed. That is the mind of the machine. That is my final score, and I'm sticking with it.
1: Sean Levine is 1223. I'll let you get back to doing whatever you're doing today. Enjoy the game. Have fun with it. Um, don't give up hope on the white chicken chili. She's going to redeem herself.
2: I don't know, man. It was pretty bad last time. It was. It was. And I'm not talking about it just for a day. It was bad for like a week. If you know what I'm saying. I Thanks, hear
1: you. Dusty. I hear you. Take care, Sean. That's Sean Levine of the Drive Monday through Friday, two to six p.m. with Carrington Harrison. Uh, remember, two fifteen with number fifteen. With Sean Levine and Carrington, you got it there. 34-27 Chiefs. There's only one more score prediction we need from an on-air host. We We leave my guy for the last, Carrington Harrison, who will have a prediction here shortly. But I do think it is kind of an interesting thing because that does happen a lot, Grant. Like, we get questions a lot about, you know, do you watch the game as a fan? Do you enjoy the game? Do you get to sit back and get those feels of whatever, or has the sports world turned you into a more analytical approach where you look at it and think of numbers and stuff like that. I don't know, man. Like playoffs are always a little bit more tense for me. I've got a morning show riding on it, 5 to 6 a.m. So I want the Chiefs to win every single game in the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. I want them to even win when they don't have to play during the playoffs because I just want some more stuff to talk about. Coming up next, who the hell is this guy? Back in 610 Sports Radio. AFC Championship Edition. Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson here with you on 610 Sports Radio. I want to give you all the content I can give you on the Chiefs versus the Bills today. I want to talk all the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes smoke. I want to talk about how This isn't what it's gonna look like before when it was the 90s and you were rocking the starter jacket and the leather hat and the division winning t-shirts. Those are all fun. But a good friend of mine who joins the show next, who you can hear on all sorts of platforms. I'm dead serious when I say this. I'm not trying to pump this guy up because you don't need to. But Carrington Harrison of The Drive joins us now and I just wanna let you cook. Because this is the first time you've hit the airwaves, your team had a big win last night, Mr. Carrington.
2: You no, know, they certainly did. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was certainly not expecting them to uh, defeat the Tennessee Volunteers of yesterday. Course. I was expecting a much better effort than the first time Missouri absolutely worked the first time they played Tennessee. But you know what? It's just it feels good to wake up knowing you got a top ten win under your belt. They have. Five Quadrant One wins this year. The only teams with more are Ohio State and Gonzaga. Missouri's looking like a four or
1: five seed. Okay, we're already in quadrant talk now. Okay, Uh, here's the thing. Are you going to be more excited that the Missouri Tigers beat Tennessee at Tennessee, or are you going to be more excited if Tennessee beats the Kansas Jayhawks?
2: (laughs) I'm not even worried about Kansas. Yes, you are. I'm really not. I know this comes as a shock to you, but I'm – I try not to worry myself with college basketball programs that I think my team is beat, you know? So I don't, I'm not that concerned with them. They seem to have their own problems. Like, they don't really need me to pile onto their problems. I mean, they've lost three consecutive games. They're clearly not going to win their conference this year. I mean, they have enough problems. They don't need me to pile onto it. So I, I say this is genuinely – I, I don't really care about K. I'm not really keeping up with anything that they do. I'm worried about my team.
1: That's fair. That's fair even though KU's out of the top 10, but we'll see what goes on moving forward. (laughs) Here's the thing uh, to steal a line from a young MC. uh, Some teams shower themselves and catch up others in champagne. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about that off the air. Some someday where your mind went with that, that whole segment. I I just still can't unhear that. But my question to you is why do you think there is some serious talk to put Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the same category?
2: I'm just as confused as you are when it comes to that conversation. I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. We talked about this a little bit over the course of the week. I got a lot of respect for what Josh Allen did. Josh Allen improved in a way that I didn't really think he was going to do this year. So I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying as a knock towards Josh Allen and how he played this year. But Josh Allen has to do it for a lot more time. He has to – do it for a more consistent time period before I put him in the conversation with the elites, with the top tier guys in the NFL. So if you want to say that Josh Allen's the seventh best quarterback in the NFL, I won't fight you. I think there's a lot of arguments to say that that's the case, but I'm not putting him in the Russell Wilson category. I'm not putting him in the Aaron Rodgers category, the Patrick Mahomes. You just gotta you gotta do a little bit more. Your resume has to be a little bit more solid. You gotta have more of a track record before I do that.
1: What do you like? I guess the problem with it is, is it just seems like there is this niche or this gimmick in the NFL because there's some high names up there that are that are followed by a lot of people. Like Adam Sheen on the NFL Network had the Bills just going into Kansas City before even like realizing where we're at when it comes to both these teams and not really having any issues. Do you think that there is any type of that there will be any type of butterflies or there's any type of issue to worry about Buffalo, or is it just genuinely the type of, you know, the skip Bayless type of take that you want to get your name out there. You want to make a bold prediction and that's just the way people go. Or are they legitimately thinking that there is a chance that Buffalo comes into this game and can handle the Kansas city. Chiefs? I don't feel like you're there. I don't think that you're going to put Buffalo over Kansas city. When we asked for your prediction here in a little bit, but Why do you think these people get the sense that Buffalo can come into Arrowhead where they played three years in a row in this title game?
2: Well, I do think, though, like sometimes we got to be fair here. Like picking Buffalo to win is not crazy to me. You know, Buffalo, they've won 15 games this year. They have a second-team all-pro quarterback, a first-team all-pro wide receiver. Beasley had a fantastic year. They're well-coached. They're a decent defense. Like, I don't think picking Buffalo is a crazy prediction. I disagree, but it's a it's a three-point spread here. It's not like Kansas City is a 12-point favorite in this game, so you can definitely think of a way that Buffalo can win this game. I would just push back on this notion that Buffalo is better than Kansas City, that Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. So that's kind of where I disagree. I think Buffalo can win this game by really a couple of things happening. I think that Josh Allen probably needs to throw for over 280 yards. I think he probably needs to run for over 50 yards. And I think they probably need to be at least plus one, maybe plus two in the turnover differential. They've done a really good job the second half of the season of forcing turnovers. So I don't want to paint it like I think that Kansas City is just going to come out here and just absolutely roll the Buffalo Bills. I have way more respect for that. But when I really look at these two teams, I just see Kansas City as being superior to Buffalo. I think they're better at coach. I think they're better at quarterback. I think they're better at running the football. I think their pass-catching options are better. Like I just look at them as being a better team.
1: Why do you think the narrative changes when it comes to the playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs where before it's New England and everybody just says, well, obviously head coach quarterback is the ultimate deciding factor, so that's where you lean. Now you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how you want to pick them, but if you want to take, you know, the next five years, you want Andy Reid or Bill Belichick as your coach, I wouldn't argue with either decision. But obviously Patrick Mahomes is the future in the quarterback position in the NFL. Why is it now all of a sudden it's like, well, let's not, you know, let's not use that discussion when it comes to playoff games, when it comes to like a national side of things.
2: Well, I I actually understand that part of it. I mean, the Patriots did it for 20 years. The Correct. They've been doing it now for three years, That. But- I think that's the big difference. Now, we obviously expect Kansas City to go to multiple Super Bowls and win multiple Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes, but I think the Patriots just built up a level of trust and a level of benefit of the doubt that was certainly earned over a decade and a half where Kansas City just hasn't earned it. You're right, if this was the Patriots and they were hosting a team like Buffalo, I do think the conversation would be different. But the Patriots went to nine Super Bowls with their quarterback. Kansas City's just been to one, so... We were having this conversation on the show this week about who the NFL wants to see in the Super Bowl, where I think they would certainly like for Mahomes to be in there. They probably prefer Mahomes to be in there, but it's not. I, they can very easily spin it at Josh Allen. Josh Allen is 24 years old. He's a second-team All-Pro. He plays for a very passionate fan base. I mean, Josh Allen going to the Super Bowl would be good for the NFL. They've already done the heavy lifting of making Patrick Mahomes a star. He's the most marketable player in their sport. He's going to push the sport forward for the next ten years. But it wasn't just Brady that did that. It was Peyton Manning. It was Ben Roethlisberger. It was Drew Brees. It was Aaron Rodgers. So to me, that's sort of what the NFL is based on: of pushing multiple quarterbacks to stars. So if Buffalo wins today, it's not going to be that hard to sell the public on Josh Allen.
1: Fair point. Fair point. I bring this up, and then uh, I know you've got a you've got a day ahead of you. I mean, you're gonna you got to nail this out, but. Uh... We talk about, to give it a basketball analogy, are we almost to the point? This is three years in a row. The guy's been a starter for three years in the league. Are we almost to a point or are we there where every year we're going to see Patrick Mahomes either in the championship game or a game away from it? Like every year in the NBA, LeBron's going to be NBA finals or NBA conference finals every single year.
2: I struggle to go that far into it because basically that's only been one franchise in the history of the league, and that's been the Patriots to kind of get to that level that you're talking about. But I don't think it's crazy to think that for the next 10 years, Kansas City will be a Super Bowl contender for every single year. Now, that's obviously not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. Right. At the beginning of the season, the expectation should be this team can win the Super Bowl. And then you'll see varying parts like, Seattle, I think that's the expectation every year. But this year there were different circumstances that made them not a viable Super Bowl team. So we'll see if that eventually happens to Kansas City. It probably will, just the law of averages is kind of what happens to every team. But the expectation at the beginning of every season should be that they should be playing in this game for this opportunity that they have today. And I kind of looked at it where if Patrick Mahomes is going to become Tom Brady, which I don't really think is that crazy, but it's kind of crazy if you catch my drift. It's going to be, you've got to capitalize on both windows. What made the Patriots so special is they had two windows. They had one run in which they won three Super Bowls in four years. They had another one in which they won three Super Bowls in five years. Like It was basically two dynasties that bookend each other. This is the middle of the Chiefs' run. They went to the AFC Championship game in 2018. Last year they won the Super Bowl. This year we think they're going to the Super Bowl. How long is this window going to be? then eventually this window changes. Tyree Kill's not the same player. Kelsey's not the same player. Injury, salary, cap, free agency, all of that kind of stuff. And then can they do it again? Can they put together another combination of talent to go on the same run for another four- to five-year run? But this is the middle of the first run. How many rings can they win during this run? They already got the one in hand. Let's see if they can get the second.
1: Did it with everybody else. What's your score prediction today's game?
2: I think Kansas City wins this game 35-24. to I think they have been sort of waiting for this moment. We've heard Kelsey talk a lot about how this team somewhat coasted and how they somewhat were looking for motivation during the regular season. I mean, there's only two games left for this team, possibly. You know, it's today and, and two Sundays when they're competing in the Super Bowl. So, I'm looking at this game. I think the Chiefs are going to be somewhat healthy. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to play now based on reports. Clyde everton Lair should play in this game, but... You're not expecting to have 100% of your players available for, you know, week 20 of the NFL season. I just think Kansas City's better than Buffalo. And sometimes I think sports are kind of that simple. So, I'm going to go 35-24 Kansas City today. What
1: are you doing for the game? You're just chilling at the house, watching on the couch, or you got, you got somewhere to watch it?
2: Yeah, no, I'm going to be at the house, man. I've watched every game at the house so far this year, man. I'm not out here fooling with the Rona. No. My mom,
1: she planned on
2: coming over later. She doesn't want to watch the game by herself, but nice. – that's it, man. I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going to watch the game, man. And hopefully, tomorrow, man, we're having good conversations. And, you know, I kind of looked at this as being like a, a five week thing. You know, we got three weeks left. We got this week. We got the week in between. We got the week of the Super Bowl. And then we got the week after when they're planning for a virtual Zoom parade with all of Kansas City.
1: Can't wait. I hope Joy Taylor sends you a tweet today, man. I'm really I'm really hoping for him, <laughs> my man. Sure, I certainly hope that happens for me too. That's bigger than a Super Bowl win, I can tell you that much. Thanks again, man. I'll 100%. see
0: you.
1: I'll see you next week. See you, man. Take care. Thanks to Carrington Harrison for joining us on the Comfort System heating and cooling hotline there from uh from the drive. Carrington Harrison, two fifteen tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon, I guess. Patrick Mahomes joins those guys every Monday following a Chiefs game at 215. With number 15, Carrington and Levine on the drive. Coming up, just shortly after this, I've teased it. There's a couple quarterbacks that are on the move, we think. One, we know it for sure. Do they land AFC spots? And if so, does that change the future of the AFC? 610 Sports Radio Dusty Likens Grant Nicholson here until 2 o'clock and then that leads you into Chiefs pregame just throwing it out there watched the fight last night not live didn't need to got to uh, got to watch that one real quick on Twitter afterwards had the link was hanging out with the lady cooking some chili for the Chiefs game. Not white chicken chili like Sean Levine's lady's making. Some legit, classic-style chili. It's going to be good. Got on Twitter. A friend of mine texted me, holy blank. I knew at that point it was over. And listen, I used to be the biggest McGregor guy. But in the UFC, you got to know when the run is over. McGregor's run is over. Also, some news today. Seems that Eric Biennami and Leslie Frazier will be getting second interviews with the Houston Texans. I've said all along, Houston seemed to be the spot that Eric Biennami would go to. I've thought that because of the quarterback where he's at, the quarterback potential that's there, I thought the best two spots would have been Houston. Or Los Angeles, you know about Justin Herbert. You know about the Texans. They have Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure that Deshaun Watson's situation in Houston is as clean as it needs to be before Eric Bieniemy would take over. But I think it would ease some things. So Leslie Frazier, Eric Bieniemy, both um, getting callbacks. I guess is what you would call what you would call that. And both will be in today's game. Defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier for the Bills. Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy for the Chiefs. So, basically, they don't need a second interview. If the Chiefs go out there and win 35-10, to 10, obviously Leslie Frazier wasn't the candidate, so Eric Bieniemy should get the job. We've seen stranger things. That, I can assure you. Something that I thought was interesting last night was the fact that the news came out that Matthew Stafford... Um, And the Detroit Lions, it's officially real. Stafford wants out. He's going to get out of Detroit, finally. I thought it was finally important for somebody of Matthew Stafford's, I guess, career, his stature, um, where he's at talent-wise as a quarterback and where he's supposed to rank as a quarterback. And I get it. Everybody's built differently. Some guys are very... uh, vocal about where they stand on a franchise. And those guys tend to be a little bit more successful than those guys that stay quiet. Now I'm not saying that Stafford is Jay Cutler when it comes to, you know, being out there and about what he wants, but the Detroit lions who drafted Matthew Stafford out of the university of Georgia knew they were getting a quarterback that could lead a franchise to success You cannot question Matthew Stafford's toughness. You cannot question his talent. You cannot question Matthew Stafford as a quarterback in the league. They just never really built around him. And I get it. They're Josh Vernier's Lions. They've disappointed people since the 1980s. Barry Sanders left that team. Calvin Johnson left that team. This is a team in which they drafted a quarterback to lead that team towards the promised land that they just never seemed to get to, and they treated him like garbage. Now I know that he had Galladay and he had Marvin Jones and they just never really seemed to figure it out when it came to Matthew Stafford. And that is unfortunate because Matthew Stafford spent the bulk of his career with a team that just didn't really treat him like he was a franchise quarterback. They didn't really try to go out and get him better. In fact, they went and hired Silent Bob as their head coach who just got fired and then rehired by his buddy, Bill Belichick. Matt Patricia, who everyone should have... That's what I don't understand. Speaking of Matt Patricia... A guy that gets interviewed, the first question for Matt Patricia should have been, why are you using a pencil on a laminated sheet? And if he couldn't give you a legitimate answer, you should have never hired him. But let's pass on Eric Bieniemy. Just room for thought. But Matthew Stafford, what makes sense for him moving forward? Where does he go? Here's where it can get interesting. And we'll get to Deshaun Watson after this. This is where Matthew Stafford gets interesting because Matthew Stafford is now at a point in his career where it's almost over. There's not a lot of time left, and he needs success quickly. The team that jumps out to me is the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Indianapolis Colts. Those are the two teams, in my mind, where Matt Stafford could go, be successful, and legitimately have a chance to somewhat play for a championship. Now, the only problem with going to the AFC is that you have one big roadblock in your way, and they're playing today at 540, and it's not Buffalo. Matthew Stafford in Pittsburgh could be dangerous. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent, but he would still have targets like Chase Claypool He would still have a target in Deontay Johnson if he can get better at catching the ball and that Washington cat who looks like he could probably be ready to make a jump next year as well. I don't know what the future looks like with James Conner when it comes to a running game, which it looked like it was very bleak this year towards the end of the season. Well, basically all season, but a team that has a very tough and charismatic coach in Mike Tomlin could get a guy like Matthew Stafford on his side And Matthew Stafford could almost, not officially, but could turn heel, go to Pittsburgh and be much more successful and have a type of career that could change. The other side of it is if you went to Indianapolis, another AFC team. And both of these teams, whether or not he is able to choose one of these two or gets traded to one of these two teams. The thing about these two teams is that it would restructure how the AFC is looked at next year. Because next year going into the NFL, your top teams are going to be as usual. It's going to be, well, after this year, it's going to be Kansas City. It's going to be Buffalo. It's going to be Baltimore. There's going to be some Cleveland talk. We'll see where Houston goes when it comes to this mess and this tornado that is the Houston Texans. But if Stafford chooses Pittsburgh or Indianapolis, it gives them a little bit more juice. By the way, both of those teams are playoff teams. Indianapolis was a damn good team with Phillip Rivers. And Matthew Stafford has a lot more juice left in that arm and that talent that he has in his soul than Phillip Rivers had going into this game or this season. The other guy's is Deshaun Watson. Because I think truly, I honestly truly believe that if Deshaun Watson doesn't get Eric Bieniemy, who I believe he's kind of low-key, kind of, you know, pushed towards the Houston Texans getting. Because when they didn't answer, or they didn't reach out to Eric Bieniemy, that's when Deshaun Watson really started to get vocal, which is something that Matthew Stafford didn't ever do in Detroit. Deshaun Watson, a young quarterback with an enormous amount of talent, MVP type of talent, led the league in passing this year. Showed his skill set last year very, very vividly when it came to what he can do as a quarterback in this league against other teams in this league because i said last year and i still believe it to be true that he's part of that movement going forward with young quarterbacks in this league in fact he's one of the top 3 in my mind and he's been out there saying that he could possibly want to go to the jets because he likes who they hired at quarter at head coach that restructures the jets When a guy like that with a team with that much draft stock and a team that's trying to move forward and change their narrative that they've had for the last 35 years, he can do that. And that changes the AFC. Because if they start to get some good targets out there, they start to bring in people. They use their GM, who a lot of people back. One guy that I'm good friends with, Sean Barber, he said he believes in him. They went out and got their coach that they believe is the guy that can lead that team. Then that gives Buffalo a little bit of run for their money if they can then reshape that franchise. Big if. Huge if. But Deshaun Watson brings that kind of thunder to a franchise. But Watson has finally flexed the hog that he needed to to get what he wants and go where he needs to go. Does Houston go get Eric Bieniemy? Is the second interview a question of, okay, we're really about to lose Deshaun Watson? And I talked to Cody Tapp earlier on this show from Cody and Gold. We always would do this. We would sit down, write something out, and then say it out loud. And the Houston Texans last year didn't do that when they let Bill O'Brien piss away their franchise when he decided to get rid of the best wide receiver in football for David Johnson with a perennial top five quarterback of the future moving forward on their team. He didn't do the say it out loud test. You would think that now the people that run that organization who just seem completely lost said, okay, if we don't hire Eric Bienemy, we're going to lose to Sean Watson. Because when you say that out loud, it seems atrocious. When you say, we're going to lose a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, then what? Then you're back to it? Can you really make that trade to the Jets? Will you get another quarterback to come to your franchise? That's in the draft. I mean, I know there's two big ones. We know Jacksonville's going one way. Jets have got to go another. Do they believe in Darnold or do they go make a push? If Deshaun Watson doesn't get his way. But these are two guys, obviously on both in are on two different ends of their career. Matthew Stafford kind of towards the middle of the end but still could be considered one of those guys that could lead a franchise if built around, could be successful and give you a chance to get to the promised land. I truly do believe that. A team like Pittsburgh, a team like Indianapolis, in the AFC, Deshaun Watson, we know the age is there. Still young, super talented, going to a team and changing the direction of, of the AFC is something both of these guys could do. Two guys that could make the AFC stronger than it already is because you know the AFC is already loaded. A topic that I'm coming up next is you remember the Cowboys run. We all remember their big three. I think if the Chiefs can do it again this year, A.K. run it back, there's a new big three in the NFL, and they may complete the task.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,